Hey, what's up? This is Christopher Stolle of Realm of the Mist Entertainment. The podcast you are listening to is part of the SJ Network. Go to s-j-network.com. That's s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and information on those shows, as well as information and an ability to contact publicist Steve Joyner for more information. Just go to the website and check out the family, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, enjoy the show. Thank you for listening and welcome to the Life Radio Show, a proud member of the SJ Network and the JZO Modcast Podcast Network. I'm your host, Don Smith. It's Throwback Thursday time, and looking back at the Life Radio Show, we have a lot of old crap to throw at you. So every Thursday, I'm replaying old episodes in their original order. If you enjoy the show, like and follow the Life 1069 on Facebook and Don Smith Comedy on Twitter, or tune in live on Tuesdays when we're back from COVID-19 lockdown from 7 to 9 p.m. on WWSU 106.9 FM, or you can stream the show live at WWSU1069.org. Overwhelms me. A brutal presence. All right. I hope I hit the right button that time. I think I did. Yeah, we're back on the air. This is the life. I'm your host, Don Smith. Uh, I've kicked uh, Adrian and uh, and Archie out of the show, out of the studio. I'm in here with uh, Ken Ferguson. As in, uh, how have you been, sir? Pretty good. How you been? Oh, not too bad. Uh, we were we were just talking a little bit during the break. You have uh, we've both been kind of backing off from comedy. You've been on a hiatus for a little while. Uh. Yeah, uh, com- comedy's fun, but uh, sometimes it gets to be uh, maybe a little bit of drudgery because your you know your material comes from your life, and sometimes you you need inspiration yeah. to come up with jokes and and do things like that. And then once you're off stage for a while, you're I got to get back up there. I need to punish myself. I need- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I haven't taken one across the chops in a while. Let's get back on stage. Uh, yeah, I've uh, I've been kind of backing out lately. I haven't haven't done a whole lot of shows other than what you what I do on the radio, which you know mm-hmm. usually isn't very funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've heard uh, you, man. It's funny. Oh, I appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, I just did a show out in Logan last week as the first. Uh, I was supposed to do 15 minutes and it was one of those where I'm, I'm, I'm rusty enough that I left off like four minutes mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so I got done. I was like, wait a minute. I still had this whole other bit to do. Yeah. So, yeah. You get, I get rusty if I don't go up. It kills me. Sometimes often. you get off stage and you'll do a bit and then there'll be two or three other parts to it. And you're like, Oh man, I forgot the best yeah. part, <laughs> you know, cause you yeah. try to, you know, tag laughs on the end of jokes, you know, right. you, you do a joke, do a punchline. And then you try to tag it with two or three, you know, so you can keep the laughs going. Then you get off stage. Man, I forgot the best part of the joke. Yeah. Uh, how long ago did you start doing comedy? Uh, I actually started, uh, I'm 58 now. I, I started, first time I got on stage, I was 32. I grew up listening to George Carlin, hmm. Bob Newhart, which that ages me. Bob Newhart <laughs> is... Button Down album was a great album. Uh, Listen to, you know, Cosby. And I always wanted to do stand-up like most people, you know, that hear it and they want to do it. But I didn't really know how to get started or anything. So when I got out of high school, I went in the Air Force. But the first time I got on stage, I was uh, 32 or 33. 
And uh, I went to Joker's uh, for the open mic night. Didn't know what I was doing. You know, I was supposed to do five. I did like a minute. (laughs) I don't even know what I said uh, because the jokes I had prepared, I didn't do. And I looked down at the crowd, which is one of the worst things you can do. Yeah. When when you first start. Yeah. (laughs) When you first start. And uh, it was a bunch of grimaces and I blanked out and walked off stage. And Uh uh, as I was walking out, I know, you know, Jesse Nutt, great comic. I remember him. He was standing at the back of the room and I was leaving in absolute shame. And, uh, cause I had to get out of there, you know, I embarrassed myself. And, uh, Jesse looked at me and he goes, man, unless you actually get up there and try it, it'll never get out of your system. Yeah. And it's true. It, it did. Of course, it took me about seven years to get back up. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what yeah, I did I, was I, I said, I got to get up there and do it. Cause what I did was I would have notebooks full of jokes that I would write and I would put them in a dresser drawer somewhere pull them out every now and then add to them. And then I would throw them away. And, you know, I was constantly, I mean, I wish I had a lot of the spiral notebooks that I wrote over the years, but they ended up getting thrown away and stuff like that. But, uh, so when I was 41, I was like, I got, I got to get up and do this. You know, I hate to be a midlife crisis comic, but. Right. Yeah. Like, but, like me. Like <laughs> <laughs> I, I was 37 when I first got up there. So. Well, I mean, it, it's something that eats at you until you get up there and try it. And what I did, I started going to open mics, um, started getting some laughs, started putting together some jokes. And, uh, you know, eventually they're like, hey, do you want to do this for money? I started out mainly at Covenantis down in Cincinnati. It's a great club. Yeah, and I, I've not been to that one. I've been meaning to. It's a one, one of the many I've been meaning to get out to. But. Covenantis is a tremendous club uh, run by uh, Mike Kurtz. Uh, they're very supportive of new comics. Uh, they have uh, the most steady open mic of any club I've ever heard of. Really? And uh, when we, when I first started doing it, they had uh, seminars and stuff like that for you to help you to get up on stage and stuff like that. And then, so once I started uh, getting some laughs, uh, the owner of the club at that time or running the club was a guy named John Chung, and uh, his family owns the club, I believe. And uh, he uh, said, "Do you want to, you know, make money doing this?" I was like, "Sure." So I. Started emceeing. And the first show I ever did, uh, I didn't know what I was doing. So I got up there and started doing brand new jokes. Nobody laughed. <laughs> so I was about four jokes. You know how uncomfortable that is, especially oh, yeah. when you're the oh, MC yeah. and you're opening the show. You're supposed to be warming people up. And uh, four jokes into it, nothing. So I got pissed. And I said, well, F you people. And that's, yeah, that's not a good way. <laughs> every Well... Everybody busted out laughing because they thought it was part of my act. <laughs> it, oh, well, that, that plus, you have work. all that tension in the audience. And from then on, I just kept on going and I did really good. And so, you know, if you're up on stage and you're not sure what to do, just yeah, tell just the crowd, tell them crowd off. to yeah. F them off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure that's great advice, but it might be fun. Because uh, I've had crowds where I felt like doing that. As oh, I, yeah. Actually, the first couple times I went up, I did really well it was about my third or fourth time that i bombed horrendously Mm -hmm. and it was just to silence well it wasn't just to silence there was one person that i actually distinctly heard god this is awful (laughs) i know that it got to the point where uh usually in the clubs people are pretty you know nice you don't get heckled that much but once you start doing one-nighters a lot of people don't understand that have venues you know like uh, you know billy bob's bar or whatever 
comedy is not something you can just throw together. It has to be done right. properly. You have to turn the TVs off. You can't have people playing pool. You can't have people dealing drugs on the side of the stage, which I did a show one time where people were dealing drugs <laughs> on the side of the stage, and I made the mistake of calling attention to it. So I'm oh, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's probably not good. Yeah, I, I, think I almost got, well, that's another story. I almost got killed that night. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you uh, some of the, you really learn, your chops as a comic when you do some of those what we call yeah. double gigs and i'm oh, sure yeah. you've done a lot of them I've, I've done a handful of them uh i i was impressed with the show uh last week out in logan uh it was at the max the max bar and grill mm -hmm. uh downtown logan but it was a uh i mean it, it was actually uh they were charging to come in and watch the show and they packed that little bar out mm -hmm. yeah i was i was very impressed with that it was a great crowd and a great show out there so yeah every now and then you get one that's thrown together really well yeah and the people have to want to you can't make people laugh right people have to want the show they have to come there to see the show and they really need to pay uh something to see it because then they have something invested in it yeah. but if it's just a show like hey it's comedy time now and everybody else the, the people resent that because they want to talk and they want to do things and if the well, show yeah, you, put you on don't like usually that, go to a bar on a say a wednesday night you're not you're not in the bar to uh listen to other people talk about their stuff on stage yeah, it's I really mean, not yeah but so uh, those shows can be kind of tough <laughs> yeah and then when you go to a club uh you really appreciate it uh, an organized oh yeah show that runs on time and has actual people that will kick people out that heckle yeah <laughs> i've never got heckled that much though but sometimes people do heckle yeah like I, I haven't a whole lot the couple, couple bar shows i've had uh and that even positive hecklers because every now and then you get still heckling even if even if they think they're trying to help yeah yeah <laughs> i was trying and after the show they'll come up to you i was trying to help i was trying to help you dude you know how you can not you know how you can help the show you can shut up and, yeah, you, you can know, sit listen. there and laugh and leave yeah. it at that <laughs> And if you're going to heckle, don't heckle during the punchline. Yeah. Because yeah, you just ruined the whole joke. Yeah. So please leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, that's a, it's always a different, different experience about everywhere, I think. Uh, oh, but before, uh, before you uh, go any further, I do want to point out there are, there are cookies here on the show. There's, uh, there, there's a story behind the cookies that I have to tell okay. off air. But uh, you're welcome to some uh, mini Oreos. Uh, you can have, there, there's more over here if you want some. I was hoping so. for cash, but that'll, uh, yeah, well, it's, uh, that, I keep hoping for it, cash too, and they don't pay me anything <laughs> here. So I, I'll give you at least half of what they pay me. That's cool. Which I, you know, I appreciate it. And, and cookies. To do, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I appreciate you doing the show, but you know, I, I appreciate you me. having me out here. <laughs> uh, so are, are you, uh, you're starting back into it. You're doing, uh, you got some shows coming up or, uh, Actually, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's okay. Well, uh, I'm going to start booking some stuff here pretty soon. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had a hiatus, I think mainly because I was kind of stale with my writing. Because, uh, you know, when you do this, you know, like Jerry Seinfeld said, you know, if you're not sick of your jokes, you're not working enough, you know. And no. uh, I was so sick of my material, I would, you know, like in most clubs, I did really good. I would sometimes get off stage after a really good set and it just crush and I'd walk off stage and I'd be like, I suck. 
you know, because I, I'm too chicken to do a lot of new material. And I have a, a very hard time picking out jokes to do uh, that I think are funny that, you know, the audience may not think is funny. And sometimes if you do, you know, a couple jokes that you think are funny and they don't, you could lose them. Yeah. And, yeah. and if you're doing a 20 minute set, you can't afford to lose them, you know. Oh, that's true. 20, 30 minute set. But yeah, I'm going to get up there and, and do some more stuff. Try, try some more material. Um, experiment a little bit. Uh, a lot of my early material was pretty sarcastic and sometimes it would hit people right between the eyes and sometimes they weren't ready for that, which is, you know, I, I started to learn you need to, it's just like when you meet somebody, you don't start out right away hitting them in the face with stuff. You know, right. Yeah. It's you, not usually good. Introduce yourself to them, you know, shake their hand, uh, then maybe start to do the weird material. Yeah. You know, stuff like, you know, you don't saw a sign the other day that said, never shake a baby. I'm thinking everybody knows that you stir a baby. Yeah, that's, <laughs> sometimes people, or you get up there and I'll be like, uh, uh, I had sex the other night for four hours straight. Yeah. Then I made bail. And then half the audience is like, what did he just say? Yeah. Yeah. There, there, I've had some that I've been, uh, reluctant to try. I mean, a lot, a lot of my, I try to do a lot of new material and I guess that's probably why I don't really get a whole lot worked out extremely well as I just, I like to keep doing new material a lot. Yeah. And, uh, every now and then if, if I'm doing a longer show, I'll go back to some, some of my older stuff and mix a bunch in, but, uh, every now and then I'll just get up at, at an open mic and I'll do, you know, five, six brand new minutes where everything yeah. I do is brand new and, Sometimes it doesn't hit well, <laughs> yeah. but there, there are some, there was one I had the other day, just in conversation with somebody that I don't know. I don't know if I'd really be ready to try on stage. Uh, it had to do with anchor babies and how they don't mm -hmm. work at all. All they do is float. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> I mean, I, I think if the crowd, they have to get to like you first. Cause that's one thing I learned. Uh, I would just get up and hit people in the face with stuff like uh, earlier. You mentioned a joke about your parents having passed away and oh, what, Archie. Yeah. What, one yeah. of the first jokes I wrote that I, you know, did on stage was, uh, you know, with all the rain we've had, I thought I'd be a nice guy and mow my grandmother's grass. And then I remembered, Oh yeah, the cemetery takes care of that, <laughs> which doesn't go over big with all crowds, you know, yeah. weird, bizarre jokes like that. But, uh, if you can kind of sneak it in later on and they start to learn your, your persona while you're up there, which is actually something I've never totally developed, even though I've been doing it a long time. You know, I've had two and three year hiatuses. Mm. You know, I've had, you know, about a five year one now. But, you know, that's something that the more you get on stage, because a lot of people will say, how do you get good at stand up? Just get up there and do it. Yeah. The more you get on stage, uh, the better you're going to be, you know, and, and that that's the key. Just get up there and do it. And then find out what your comedy voice is. And like I said, I've been doing it a while and I still don't know what mine is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I haven't really found mine yet, but, uh, I keep hoping eventually I might come across it and say, eh, that might work. I, uh, I think the ability to do longer sets, uh, helps you a lot because 
as you get deep into a set, which you don't normally get to do unless you're a headliner or something like that. Right. Um, I mean, I've done a lot of feature work and things like that, but uh, a lot of times you, you're lucky to do 30 minutes as a feature. They'll cut you down to 20 or, uh, you know, the MC may go long and they, you know, they're going to cut your time, whatever. But, right. uh, but if you can do an open mic where you can get up there and do, you know, 45 minutes or an hour consistently, that, that helps you a lot. Um, which is, I went to an open mic one time and there was like four of us. Uh, and the first three guys had hardly ever been on stage before. So they did like two minutes each. Oh, wow. And I got up there and I was, you know, I did like half an hour and then they were thanks a lot. And they were like, keep on going. I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I was like, I got other stuff. I, I went out to my car and got my, my notebook and I was up there for an hour and a half. Wow. Just reading out of my notebook and I was getting laughs and, uh, I even stopped a few times. I, you guys want me to get off stage and they were like no keep going because if i went to an open mic and a guy did an hour and a half i'd punch him in the face you know what i mean <laughs> I, like, I just kept on going and kept on going and that helped me a lot you know yeah even that, though that, i you know, i was good. reading just jokes out of a, the thing that i had never done before you know yeah so i i thought i was gonna have to do that at the logan show because i got there and there was the host and me and our headliner didn't show up until about five minutes before the show was supposed to start. And we had uh, two other comics didn't show up for, for oh, a wow. while. One one of the guys' car broke down, so he couldn't make it at all. So I was like, oh, man. Who, who was the headliner? Was he a local guy there? Uh, no, actually local guy from Dayton. Uh, Scotty Mays was the headliner. He, okay. got, he got there uh, maybe, maybe 10, 15 minutes before. Mm -hmm. He wasn't late, late. But, you know, a lot yeah. of times headliners kind of show up a little later. Yeah, anyway, but, yeah they don't like to hang around. And yeah. listen to the other comics. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably sick of everybody. No, Scotty's good though. He, he's uh, he's been on the show a couple times. He's a, he's a good guy. Yeah, there's comics I've worked, uh, uh, did a feature and MC work. You know, a lot of go bananas and jokers. But those comics I worked with, uh, I've seen them 15 times. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Brennan. I don't know if you're familiar with Kevin Brennan. The name he's is familiar. New York comic, hilarious. I mean, I've worked with him three or four times, seen him 15 or 20 times. I still laugh, hmm. you know, <laughs> even if, even if it's the exact same jokes, the guy's hilarious. Um, there's different comics I've worked with. Uh, I don't know if you've worked with Vince Morris. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Vince. I've, I've seen him in a couple of yeah. shows. I think we were on one show at, uh, he, at Wiley's a he's while a, back. He's a tremendous comic. You know, I've probably seen him 10 times. Each one of his shows is different. And he's, 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 a, he's a great comic. And a lot of, when I would go do shows, you know, I did it for fun. You know, I get paid, but I did it mostly to try to learn about the art and, uh, stuff like that. And the more work I got, the more traveling I did, I did, or, you know, got to do the closer I came to getting divorced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I get the, you're never home. I get that all the time. Cause I do a lot of filming. Mm -hmm. the uh, movie just wrapped uh last weekend down in cincinnati that we were filming a zombie flick and uh also last weekend there's a fellow that i work with here that's doing some uh he's, he's doing some filming that i'm involved with so mm -hmm. yeah i between between two jobs and school and the filming all the time i then the radio show yeah she's got a point i'm not yeah. home that, <laughs> yeah i'm not home that often it's, it's it's one thing too to spring it on your wife after you've already been married, 
yeah. a long time that, you know, you want to do stand-up comedy, which is fine if you do it in the local area, but once you travel around a little bit and you're gone, uh, and you do, you miss your family, you know, and so being on the road is not fun. I mean, I guess if you're a partier, yeah. like I drink beer and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm not nowhere near a partier, yeah. but if you like to party and you don't have any responsibilities and kids, I guess it would be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would be the life then. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never been, well, it's been years since I've been a big partier, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't know how well I would handle on the road for very long, but that's for me, it, it wasn't any fun. I mean, you go to a hotel room, they all start to look the same. Yeah. You know, you steal all the food off of the the free buffet so you can take it with you on the road. <laughs> of course, yeah, when I started a, doing a lot of one-nighters and traveling around, that's when gas went through the roof. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if you got paid 150 bucks to do, you know, to feature or something, you know, you spent 50 of it on gas, you know, or more. So, Yeah, that that had been rough. But gas prices have come down, but the one-nighters don't pay anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's, all just, it's all just evens out, you know. They don't pay anything, but then you... Don't pay as much to get there. Yep. <laughs> but I'm just uh, trying to come up with new material, work on new jokes, you know, and the, the, that that's one thing about uh, a song or something. You can write a song. Somebody can listen to it and go, that was a good song. Or they clap. And stand up, you get immediate response. Yeah. I mean, it, and you can't fake laughing. So if you do something... And it didn't get a laugh either. It wasn't funny or you said something wrong or the timing was off. That's one thing about stand-up. You get immediate response. Yeah. Um, like I did a, a, a show in Michigan one time. I wish I would have kept a journal of all the weird things that happened to me on the road. <laughs> the hotel room was literally 30 miles from the venue. Oh, wow. Which is utterly ridiculous. But the venue was way out in the middle of nowhere, wilderness. And I was running behind, getting there late. I was driving a little crappy Geo Metro. And uh, as I was driving there, I was thinking, and I, I could hit a deer out here, you know, and not be able to make it to the show or whatever. So I got on stage and I opened up with that. I was like, you guys are way out here, man. I, I hit a deer on the way here. Fortunately, I drive a Geo Metro, so I just scraped his nuts. <laughs> and I, I just said that, you know, I didn't mean it as a joke and it got huge laughs. And so I started opening up with that every show. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's good. Yeah. You never know when you're going to kind of stumble across one that, uh, that's fun. I think, uh, I think what I'm going to do right now is we're going to take a little break. Uh, I'm going to play a song and we're going to come back. We're probably going to hit some news stories. Okay. I, I always keep, I always keep some news stories here because every now and then there's something fun that, uh, good to talk about and i've actually i've actually had a handful of comics come out with material for shows <laughs> off of some of our news stories so mm-hmm. that's always fun too Is my phone making noise my phone's making noises so i'm going to go ahead i'm going to play a song we're going to be back here shortly and i'm going to see who the heck's on my phone all right okay man <laughs> we'll be back in a minute
It's Friday. It's time for another Just the Tip segment with Mike Wells. And don't forget to check out Craigslist Book Club on YouTube. Here's the Just a Tip Freaky Friday video. The title of this one's called Looking for a Bear. Hey, I'm looking for a bear. The hairier, the better. Come over to my place and blow me in my bedroom or when I'm taking a shit on the toilet. Bonus points if you let me finish on your chest and rub it into your hair like a massage oil because I'm amazing with my hands. Please put bear rug in the subject line to weed out any spam. If you like this video, check in our profile, look at the link on our YouTube page, and subscribe. We have a longer video coming out every Monday. Guys, enjoy your Friday. All right, we're back on the life. Uh, we have a we have my other guest, my second guest of the show is on the phone right now. Uh, Darren, you still there? Yeah, I'm right here. I'm over here at uh, I'm calling from Columbus. I've been um, sitting here at the parking lot of the Home Depot. <laughs> I'm in my dump truck. You're in, and, your, you're um, in your dump yeah. truck at the Home Depot. Exactly, yeah. I'm uh, just down here in Columbus and um, just waiting to pick up some lumber and uh, just waiting for this guy to put it on the back of my truck for me. All right, so what do you got going on today? Apparently building some big things, then. Well, yeah, I'm just uh, just throwing some, some lumber around and uh, just cruising around Columbus. You guys familiar with Columbus? What's that? You guys familiar with Columbus? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I was, um, I stopped for gas, and there's this woman in back of me. She pulled up behind me and asked me if I knew how to get, uh, how I could tell her to get to 270. You familiar with that? It's the interstate around Columbus. Yeah, Yeah. that's the bypass, um, right? I said, excuse me? She said, can you tell me how to get to 270? I'm up there in her car. She's a big old girl, you know? And I said, well, maybe start off with some diet and exercise. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. I know. Very bad of me. I shouldn't have said that. That was That was you? That, That was my mom, man. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I apologize. That's all right, man. I had um. I I also have. I just yesterday I just bought a tow truck. And what we're going to do is we are going to only cater to women wearing yoga pants. Okay, so, and we're calling it. We're calling the business camel towing. Yeah, that's what I. <laughs> I thought that's where that one was going. <laughs> Yeah. So, what are you guys talking about today? Oh, not much. We've just been discussing comedy and uh, trying to get back into it and wanting to get out of it and everything yeah. else. Yeah, exactly. I tell you, yeah. I love yoga pants, man. I usually wear them around the house, but <laughs> I've, I've got some on right now. But I hear you. Yeah, he well, figured he'd fit in huh? with the college students wearing his yoga pants yeah. in today. So. Yeah, security yeah. followed me up here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I'm just uh, I'm just hanging out here at Home Depot right now. It's about the only thing. <laughs> you guys follow NASCAR at all? What's that? Sorry, the phone's distorting you. I still didn't catch it. I'm sorry. I'm breaking up. Hey. I asked if you guys follow NASCAR at all. Oh, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. They're easy to follow. They just go in circles. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you see that that Dell uh, excuse me, Dell Junior is retiring. Oh, really? 
Didn't yeah. know that. Yep. Yeah, he's going to retire. Um, you know his dad, Dale Earnhardt. Um, yeah. You know, passed away a few years ago. You know what the, um, you know what the, you know what Dale Earnhardt and Pink Floyd have in common? Uh, that I don't know. Their last two hits were the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's. <laughs> hey guys, that's my time. I got to get out of here. Um, I'm I gonna go studying for something or whatever. So uh, it's nice talking to you, Don. Yeah, you too. That was, a, that was a great. That was a great show we had there uh, last Thursday down there in Logan with Trace. That was great. You did a great job. Hey, you too. We time. were we were just talking about that. That was that was a nice show down there. Really, kind of packed that little bar out. It was very nice. I uh, I I look forward to doing some more shows with you guys. All right. Yeah, I hope so. All right. Well, hey, thanks for having me on. I got a good going here, but uh, I'll talk to you all soon. All right. Thanks okay, for man. calling in. See you later. Thanks. Take care. Have a good day. You too. Uh, bye-bye. Bye. It's funny you should mention about Home Depot because uh, I'm learning how to speak Spanish. Oh, what? Well. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm not taking classes. I just go there and look at the signs. Yeah, that helps. That yeah. helps, yeah. It's, it's a good vocabulary lesson. And- yeah. Because why read them in English? Yeah. They've got them in Spanish. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I, st- I studied Spanish for almost three years, and uh, I still learn more from Home Depot. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Which reminds me of another joke, a bomb joke I did. <laughs> a I bomb to- joke? A bomb joke? No, I mean, I bombed. A bomb. joke okay. bombed. Okay. I think I like the, my jokes that bomb better than the ones that get laughs. I I've like I, had some. Like-, <laughs> like I went to uh, the Hispanic Festival with a friend of mine, and... Uh, they wanted 10 bucks to get in, so I just jumped the fence. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they didn't want, to, want you in, they'd have built a wall or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I've had some jokes that bomb that I like the joke so much that I keep telling it and it never gets a laugh. There are some of them, it's like, I, I just, I like it. It's, I have one that's, uh, I, re- I can't even remember it now. It's been so long since I told it, but it actually is a, a joke. It's a Buffalo joke. Mm-hmm. It's a, I, I can't even remember what it is right offhand, but it's a, it's about the na- native American thing, the, the killing all the Buffalo the white man, killing all the buffaloes. And, uh, it's never gets a laugh, but I keep telling it because <laughs> and what the part that does get a laugh, I just point out, I said, now that's a Buffalo joke. And those are rare. You don't see a whole lot of them in this country anymore. That's why I keep telling it because it's just it's nearly <laughs> extinct. Yeah. Yeah, I opened a show one time. I can't remember where it was. Some some gig somewhere, and uh, I got up there, folks. I hate to be uh, kind of in a down mood, but my my wife just left me today. You know, don't worry though; she'll come crawling back because I wouldn't let her have her wheelchair. <laughs> they were like, "What a bastard!" This guy. That's is. funny. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a song i don't know do you, do you know uh you heard mike o'connell he's a comedian out in la he's done mm-hmm. some, done a few movies and stuff but he's mm-hmm. he's got a uh, album out called uh Unem- unemployable i think it is he's got a song on there called uh uh well, i forget the name of it but it talks about how <laughs> his, his his girl left him and you know all this and he goes well she'll be back to me someday 
because I stole her insulin. And <laughs> that's one of my favorites of his. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> You'll be sorry you said it was over when you're deep inside your diabetic coma. <laughs> yeah. I like sick humor. Yeah, that's <laughs> I, I the twisted stuff is so much fun. I mean, it's springtime now, which is great. I love spring, but fall's my favorite time of year. I like to go downtown and watch the homeless people change colors. That's, <laughs> that's a big laugh getter too. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, it, for the right crowd. Yeah. I, oh yeah. Uh, there's some some crowds don't. Well, like I was I was telling you about the one I did in uh, off off the air. I think I was telling because I don't I don't give the name of the place I did the show, but the one where they wanted me to talk about specific yeah. things that they said they hated me. Uh, they just nothing i did was funny to them mm -hmm. and it was a crowd they they told me when they booked me there'd be a hundred and some people in this room and it was a real beautiful auditorium real nice place to perform and there were about 12 people there yeah and <laughs> and they were all people that knew each other so they didn't want to laugh in case they you know somebody else found it offensive and they didn't want yeah. their friend to think that they thought that offensive crap was funny so or you'll see people laughing to themselves and trying to hold it in yeah because you know, they don't want you know that's that's why you need to first of all you need a crowd but you need yeah. people seated close to the stage the chairs the tables cannot be too close to the stage a lot of times they have like a big gap mm -hmm. you know you don't want you can't have that in comedy no. if people are feel uh that they're not singled out and they start to be in a crowd that laughter becomes contagious oh yeah and that's what a lot of uh, people who do occasional comedy shows venues they don't understand it has to be done a certain way yeah, I did, I did a uh, comedy show at a wedding a while back, and the way <laughs> the way it was set up, you had the stage, big dance floor that was totally empty, and way back in the back, you had people sitting sitting at tables. Yeah, no, I yeah, it was. Uh, well, what ended up happening is we were told it was going to be an all adult show because at nine o'clock when the show starts, the kids were going to leave, mm -hmm. and it was, no, <laughs> didn't happen that way. Our main audience, the only two that pulled chairs up right in front of the stage was like a uh, six and an eight-year-old kid mm -hmm. pulled their chairs right up in front of the stage. So yeah. we just played to them, and I had to change about 90% of my, my material. <laughs> On the fly, which is always good. Yeah, yeah. But the, the worst hell gig I've ever had, probably anybody's ever had, at least where nobody got hurt, is uh, Booker called me, hey, I've got a party for you up in Columbus. Pays 250 bucks. You only have to do 30 minutes. You're going to be the only comic. I was like, that's a pretty good deal. Uh, he just told me it was a party. Maybe I should have asked some more questions, but it was a couple's baby shower. Wow. So <laughs> you talk about a tough yeah. room. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, you don't want to pull a lot of dark humor in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you don't want to do any... You, well, the, a lot of my act I couldn't do because no. a lot of it was things that couples, like if he laughs, she's going to be mad at him and vice versa. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was terrible. And he purposely didn't tell me it was a, a couple's baby shower because I just said no. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> but that was, that, was, that was absolutely horrible. And the weird part about it is I stopped because it was you know it was really awkward and i was like hey uh enough about me you guys got any questions or you know 
some lady goes, I saw you in uh, in Cincinnati a couple of years ago. <laughs> and I was like, was I getting laughs then? They were like, yeah. And I said, well. <laughs> <laughs> Different show, folks. <laughs> I was like, in some obscure party room in Columbus, somebody's seen me. And I was like, well. <laughs> shoot myself. <laughs> yeah, that, that just, it can be fun sometimes trying to figure out a room. I know. And sometimes just frustrating. And then when you think you got them figured out, you're taking them a certain direction. Sometimes that changes. Yeah. And, but, uh, I'm, I'm starting to feel old, man. Cause, uh, my 40th high school reunion is coming up. Oh, wow. And, uh, I actually saw, uh, a girl from high school. I hadn't seen since high school, 40, 40 years. I haven't seen this girl. And that's the last time I go to that strip club. But I, uh, <laughs> it wasn't a good strip club to go to. I mean, it was modern. They had a, you know, a wheelchair, chair accessible ramp for the stage, but it went to the stage. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm a hack. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. You have to reach through your walker to give them a dollar. Anyway. So what's happening in the news? Man? Uh, we'll, we'll hit a few news <laughs> stories here. Uh, I want to start out with this one just because it's uh, just because it's strange. Uh, the eternal search for the latest cosmetic secret just took a really weird turn. A uh, video of a Florida woman uh, using her boyfriend's testicles as a beauty blender has gone viral because, well, it is nuts. Uh, <laughs> she said, I, I never in a million years imagined it would get this much attention. It's definitely been a crazy experience. Uh, experience. Uh, she posted the clip on Twitter on Saturday, and now we could be looking at uh, looking at the scrotum as a revolutionary leap in makeup application. Uh, to be honest, she, uh, uh, she said, uh, it worked surprisingly well. I obviously only did it on my forehead, <laughs> but I didn't even need to fix it after with a beauty blender and anything so it, or anything. So it's safe to say it worked successfully. Uh, Hines said she got the idea when her boyfriend, Damon Richards, who was 20, uh, began placing his, uh, placing his, uh, his boys on her head as a joke. And she wondered aloud what it would be like to use them as a beauty blender. Because I have to say, whenever I have somebody's nuts on my forehead, that's what I'm thinking of is how can I use these to apply cosmetics? That's true. I mean, that's the first <laughs> thing you think of. Uh, <laughs> yep. That's the first thing that goes through your head when you have nuts on your head. You could always create your own, uh. You know, makeup company, you know, the Lipton tea bag makeup yeah, company. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so, yeah, what do we think of that? That's kind of, that's uh, one of the more unusual ways to apply makeup. That's true. Yeah. I, uh, I dated a girl one time that uh, I liked her and stuff like I had to break up with her because, you know, took her like hours to get ready to go places. She'd be putting her makeup on and... Uh, you know, I'm never dating a clown again. That's... <laughs> yeah, but was she, was she was she using your scrotum to put her clown makeup on? That's the other story. I guess this scrotum. would be. Oh well, there. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was that the bad was just part. uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess I guess getting ready to go somewhere, you know, he would be equally late while you're applying your makeup because yeah. he had, wouldn't be able to have his pants on yet. That's true. Yeah. He'd also have to maintain a pretty rigorous shaving schedule to make yeah. sure, well, or maybe not. I mean, maybe not shaving would probably make it, I don't know. 
I don't know. Cause I, I would think that might, you might every now and then leave a hair sticking and you don't want hair in your makeup, you know, that's true. Poor woman walking around with a, a pube on her forehead the whole day. That's true. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, I guess when you're, when you're being used for makeup application purposes, shaved is always better. That's true. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't so, think you'd be discussing this on this show. Nope, did you? <laughs> that's kind of, that's bizarre. That's for sure. <laughs> Well, I, I try to find unusual things. Uh, <laughs> 20 years after beginning his quest to find what's uh, been called the world's rarest canine species, James Mac McIntyre was vindicated. Vindicated. They're on his camera screen where images he'd been waiting were images he'd been waiting for for years. Man, this is poorly written, or I'm not reading it right. <laughs> uh, the New Guinea Highland wild dog, an animal once feared extinct, was alive and alive and well, as pictures showed. Uh, the 62 old, 62 year old, uh, McGuire said, I squealed like a girl. <laughs> I, it was emotionally such an, a tremendous moment. It was justification for all the work I've done. Uh, apparently he was in the South Pacific, uh, looking for this animal. Actually, he wasn't there looking for the animal. That's where he came across it. Uh, it was actually, uh, pigs he was looking for down there, uh, specifically intersexual ones, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but Vanuatu, uh, an ar- ar- archipelago uh, west of Fiji, has unique distinction of being home to what's believed to be uh, uh, more intersexual pigs uh, than any other nation in the world. That's animals with physical characteristics neither entirely male nor female, which I didn't even know was a thing in the uh, in the pig world. Mm-hmm. But apparently, that's what drew this man down there. As uh, <laughs> At 1993, went down there. He packed his bag, emptied his bank account, and bought a plane ticket and found himself halfway around the world searching the South Pacific Island for swine known locally as pig half man, half woman. Hmm. I've been to a couple of bars like that. Yes. But, uh... <laughs> yep. yep, I've <laughs> almost picked some of them up myself. Too much to drink. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, looking for, looking for, uh, intersexual pigs. He stumbled across the rare, rarest canine in the world. That's, I guess that would be like, you know, finding a diamond in the rough maybe. Yeah. You know I mean, <laughs> so, is it, was it a pit bull of some kind or? Uh, it was a, uh, where, where was it? Where was it? Um, the New Guinea Highland wild dog. I, I had a drink that sounded like that one. Yeah. That's <laughs> wild. Yeah. <laughs> I've got. I'll take two uh, New Guinea Highland wild I, dogs and uh, and an intersexual pig. That's, yeah, I, I drank two or three of those one night and I got drunk, man. And, oh uh, yeah, they'll do. They'll do yeah. it to you. You ever you ever been so drunk you can't get your car keys out of your pocket, and then you realize you're handcuffed? You ever? <laughs> that's bad. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but stay stay away from them. Uh, new, don't. Do you have too many of those New Guinea wild dogs? You might end up uh, bringing home a half man, half woman pig. That's right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Los Angeles entrepreneur uh, could make a lot of green with his new invention: a refrigerator refrigerator sized device that grows pot. Uh. Yoni Ophir says his leaf machine, as it's called, is made for people who have no clue how to cultivate marijuana. Uh, we wanted to create something that could be plug and plant, where you didn't have, have to have any previous knowledge whatsoever. Most people fail because there are so many different parameters, uh, and you're basically sort of left on your own. You know, there, I guess there aren't a lot of classes in growing weed these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, problem with with growing is that growing uh, marijuana is that it's sensitive. It's very prone to 
different deficiencies in the nutrients and that gets way too technical anyway it costs three thousand dollars for a machine to, to help you grow weed so that seems and it's like shaped like a refrigerator it, it's refrigerator sized so it's reefer which, yeah it's, it's, a reefer. it's a reefer reefer it's a reefer reefer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that, yeah he called it the leaf machine i think the reefer reefer would have been much better that's true yeah, yeah. my uh this something happened to me the other day. I caught my 16 year old son smoking pot. Was it yours? Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. That, that was the bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, like, I'm, not, I'm not supplying it too. <laughs> that's that's a that's a joke I did one time. Similar joke to that. I was bringing the crowd down. That I was like. Uh, found out that uh, my daughter the other day did ecstasy she didn't even share any with us yeah <laughs> people are like <laughs> so i remember in, in high school you know back when i would occasionally uh, do some things like that not ecstasy but uh, we were uh, me and a friend were uh, getting high up in his bedroom and his dad walked into the room and of course his dad had the best weed there was but his dad, <laughs> his dad walked into the room and just went what the hell and i don't know if you remember the old anti-drug commercial in the 80s where it was the kid i learned it from watching you yeah. my friend turned around and did that funniest moment i've ever had in my <laughs> life high because <laughs> it he couldn't say anything because it was true <laughs> this is weird i you know grew up in the 70s uh you know as a kid in the 60s grew up became a teenager and preteen teenager and adult in the 70s never smoked pot still have never smoked pot my whole life i mean i just to me smoking things is gross so i've just never done so you're it. like a unicorn in the comic community yeah <laughs> now, now i'll do some heroin oh well that's I, uh, fine. yeah that's <laughs> but no i've never smoked pot i've just never done it and a lot of people don't believe me when i went in the air force they didn't believe me they're like, come on, you can say you smoked it as long as you just experimented with it. I'm like, the military wants me to lie? I mean, what the <laughs> hell's going on? <laughs> now, what about, right about what time was that? What what year? Oh, well, you don't have I went to get in specific. But. Oh, I, I, I went in the military uh, kind of late. I didn't go until I was 22. That was like uh, 81. But So they figured, oh, you know, okay. I was a pot-smoking freak or something, but I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I take a lot of drugs now, most of them for high blood pressure. And <laughs> yeah, prescription drugs. Yeah, that's not not nearly as fun. I mean, they're not, you know, prescribed for me, but still, oh, well, I take yeah, them. I mean, Xanax and yeah. there's all Vicodin, kinds of weird yeah, that kind of, yeah. weird drug names out there like Viagra, which, of course, is probably the most well-known drug there is, but it doesn't tell you anything about what it does. Yeah. You know, they have, they have uh, the drug for women for bone density called Boniva. Shouldn't Viagra be Boniva? Yeah, they could switch I mean, those they could around. Switch those that around. would make more sense. Yeah. Asper cream. That should be for hemorrhoids. Yeah, yeah it's, that's, it's for arthritis. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh. that's... Allegra should be for restless leg syndrome. I mean, yeah. it's for allergies. I think they need help with naming drugs. Yeah, because they, they seem to get them kind of wrong. Like uh, Rogaine, what does that have to do with your hair? You know? I know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, we'll do one more news story, and then we'll get ready to wrap it up. Let's, let me see if I can pick a good one here, as I have a couple short ones. 
Uh, there's one about a horse that uh, uh, apparently f- <laughs> fell in a manhole on his way back from Taco Bell. Because how often do you saddle up the horse to head to head to Taco Bell? <laughs> so a horse in California had a rough experience after a late evening visit to Taco Bell. The horse and rider were returning from the fast food chain near downtown Riverside on Saturday when the cover of utility vault beneath the sidewalk collapsed under them, dropping the horse into a five-foot-deep hole. Hmm. You, you, uh, I, mean, I guess, <laughs> I guess that's one way, one way to travel to Taco Bell if you're in the mood for. Well, they can't get you for drunk driving. I, I imagine mean, they probably can though. Cause I've had, I've known people that were busted for, uh, got a DUI for riding a bicycle drunk. So I'd imagine sucks. the horse. I guess I don't you know can't drive a horse drunk. I guess not. You'd that think stinks. the horse would pretty much know where he was going. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, there, there's this really weird one I want to get to. Uh, French artist uh, Abraham uh, Poincheval, uh, who famously spent a week inside a rock and two weeks inside a bear sculpture, has succeeded in hatching chicken eggs after incubating them for some three weeks. Uh, Poincheval uh, embarked on his latest project in late March of imitating a mother hen by incubating some 10 eggs with his own body heat inside a glass vivarium in Paris, uh, Palais de Tokyo uh, Contemporary Art Museum. At the time, it was estimated to take 21 to 26 days for the eggs to hatch, and the first did so uh, last Tuesday. The spokeswoman for the museum said on Thursday, uh, nine had hatched and the chicks were on their way to a farm. So apparently that is art now to mm-hmm. <laughs> sit on uh, ten chicken eggs. Uh, I mean, I've been doing that for years. Yeah, for, for the for the endeavor, he, he sat on a chair wrapped in an insulating blanket over a container with the eggs. He could leave his seat for no more than thirty minutes a day for meals. That is that art. I, I guess so. Um, <laughs> Everything is art. I guess. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. I guess uh, that's. But he's got it. He's got it made compared to penguins. Have you seen the penguin movie they had out? I believe March of the penguins. Seen parts of it, you know, where they carry him around on their feet or something like that. Or like the the woman goes somewhere to to party or whatever, and he has to stay with this egg in like ninety degree below weather, hatching this egg. I, I would kick the crack crap out of that thing. I would yeah, just, I just I, would, I don't know I would what happened it. to it. Huh? Yeah. He doesn't get to eat for like four months. <laughs> yep. He's got an egg right there. I would yeah. eat it. And they're pretty good size. That'd make a heck of an omelet. I'm not. I'm not above eating my children. Yeah. I, I will do it <laughs> if I'm hungry yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah, if it's 90 degrees below and I got to watch them, yep, they're done. <laughs> That's one thing I mentioned. I've got seven kids, which is amazing. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't have the heart to tell my wife they're not all hers, mm-hmm. but it's a yeah. blended family. You know, we have three together. She had two from her previous marriage. I had two from mine. So it's almost like the Brady Bunch kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And then we found one of them, you know, underneath the couch. But, oh, that's. Yeah. Now, was it yours that you left there or somebody else's couch and, just uh, kind of wandered in one day? He's our youngest. And uh, the other day I had that little talk with him, the birds and the bees, you know, and it seemed to go pretty good, which is good because he leaves for college next week. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's I good. Think, See, I was I was afraid he'd come back being stung all over the place, and then nope, you're doing it wrong. Son. <laughs> all right. On that note, I think uh, I don't know. Would, would the sitting on the eggs would that be performance artists? Would that be a performance art thing? Because I mean, is it really art? 
I, I, I would say so. Would yeah. it be would it be more art if they like nailed the chickens to the wall when they hatched or something like that? Would that be or throw them against the wall? You could do that when they were eggs. It'd be easier. Yeah. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I think we violated some type of humanitarian thing here by talking about splattering chickens. That's okay. I mean, that's probably not the do, first thing. Do we that's need been to mention that no animals were harmed during this broadcast? Yes. Yeah, we probably should. I I can't say they weren't harmed uh, during this guy's uh, work of art because, to yeah. be honest, uh, it'd be it'd be like if you were born and one of your first memories is being cuddled by an alligator. You know, would it really? Because these are humans that are, this is a human that's sitting on eggs. And, you know, humans uh, tend to eat eggs, as we were just talking about. Would he be accused and, of being a poacher? Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. On that note, I think, I, do you have any shows coming up anytime soon? Or are you still just uh, looking to get back in? and Looking, looking to get back looking in get back? and uh, get back out there. And I'm, I'm kind of formulating new parts of my act. And, uh, but, uh, I will be at local open mics coming up pretty soon, which if anybody, okay, well, we have a lot of them going right now. We yeah. actually have uh, the trolley stops, got a new one that just started a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. That one's weekly. Uh, we also have the hookah bazaar, a weekly open mic. So we got a couple of good ones that have been, the hookah has been going for about a year and a half now. It's yeah, been going pretty I haven't strong. Been to that one. It starts like at 10 or something. Yeah. It? That one starts at 10 o'clock. That's past my bedtime but i yeah. might try it yeah, it's it's <laughs> that the i think i've been there once or twice and it's a pretty good show pretty good. i mean they get a pretty good crowd in there so mm-hmm. yeah i think joe young runs it and it's uh been doing pretty good do you know have you met joe no as he, he got in uh i think he's been doing comedy about two years now and he's he get he gets in a lot of shows he's a, he's a funny funny guy he's been on here a couple times so. show up and go up type show for you yeah, hookah, yeah, you show show up at 9.30 to sign up for it, and they'll get you on at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And first, first come, first serve. I'm not sure how late the show the runs. The trolley's a show up and go up too, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Well, on that note, I'm going to go ahead and uh, play us out of here, and uh, I want to pre- I want to say I appreciate you coming in. I uh, appreciate Ken you Ferguson. having me in, man. Uh, keep an eye out for him on some of these local mics. A very funny guy, because uh, I remember you did had a lot of good stuff when uh, – Last time I saw you, years and <laughs> a couple years ago. I might even try to get some paid gigs. Yeah, that might be fun too. <laughs> I've heard those exist. They do. Uh, yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, we may be. I may be taking next week off, but uh, I'll still be posting the podcast. I think so. Uh, keep listening. I'll try to figure out what the heck I'm doing one of these days. All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Life Radio Show podcast. Check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, if you want to listen live, we are on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. on WWSU 106.9 FM. You can also stream the show live at WWSU1069.org, and we go Facebook Live at the Life Radio Show's Facebook page. If you have suggestions or comments, feel free to email thelife1069 at gmail.com. Overwhelms me. 
I would just get up and hit people in the face with stuff.